Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to the Selfie Show. It's Tori and Sam, two besties, bringing you all things healthcare, humor, and unpopular opinions. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite thing ever is when Tori has them. Ah, uh, I live, I live for it. This one is popping, <laughs> and I feel like it's something that I have been doing lately, and I'm so here for this. Also, this is an opinion that I know you've had for a long time, and I feel like it's definitely something that I'm here for. Sad beige is so out. Color is in, baby. And I'm so here for it. I'm so over the sad beige phase. I don't get why it was a phase. Yeah. So you guys know, like, the colors and everything going on right now in terms of schemes, like, everyone's into beige and neutrals. And I'm just not here for it anymore. I want color. I want pops of color. I want purple. I want pink. And then maybe, like, your accent color is black and white. I'm here for that. We love black and white. That's a very selfie core color. Obviously, pink is our color. But yes. then our secondary colors are black, white, yes, gray or whatever. And we lived through the millennial gray. Great. Obviously, millennial pink's a thing. And I, that is never going to go out of style. I've already yeah, absolutely that. Never, I don't care. Never. As I'm like already decked <laughs> we love out millennial pink. And I will die in millennial pink. Bury me in millennial pink. <laughs> Done. But I feel like we all did millennial gray, mm-hmm. beige, gray houses. Yes. Your house is very. Yeah. Um, it's very like girl beige. neutral very neutral sad girl dark. beige absolutely There's a lot of wood a lot of dark mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i've always been a bright pop you have poppy pop of color you've got the bachelorette but that is the, pad. I, yeah that's like the gen z thing is their color was like yellow and mm-hmm. whatever but i like the summer trend and i think sad girl beige is don't i don't think it should have ever been in but it was fine but it's blah i'm like whose skin does that even look good on it's so funny too because actually now so you know how sad beige was in and everyone was doing their houses like that and it even trended over into like kids toys and like all of that and it's interesting because a lot of i would say specialists in that world so child life specialists or even pediatricians like are emphasizing the fact that kids need to see color So I get it. It doesn't go with the house theme and it's not the aesthetic, but kids also need to have color in their lives. So isn't there something I should know this? I taught peds and we're like fucking Nikki nurses. Mm. Don't babies see like red and like the the main colors, like the most like that when they're early? I don't know. Yeah. Black, white is definitely a thing. And then it started being like, yeah, the red, but they need bright, bold colors. And there's honestly, when you're trying to learn their colors, like. Red, yellow, orange, green, blue. They're not like, okay, that's beige. <laughs> that's mauve. That's, it's like, no, 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 no. What is that? That's olive. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> What's khaki? No, no, no. Like, and yeah. also, I hate dressing your kid. I get it. Some people don't want to, just because you have a little girl, deck them out in all pink. Yeah, or, that's fine. But that like, can be, I, mean, I will. If I ever have a daughter. Like, I'm here for rainbow. Like, all the colors. it's so sad and boring and lame and i'm all about like cool gender neutral play with whatever toys it doesn't have to be girls boys whatever but color is just fun and delightful and cheerful and so having your kid dressed in all beige Mm -hmm. and then playing with bland lame toys let them enjoy when has ever a kid gravitated towards that color when you're like here pick out crayon okay so speaking of like bending the norms okay so i love this so i haven't even told you this so about a week ago i was getting my nails done and I'm going to my normal place in Redondo. And I walk in and there's a family sitting in the seats. So the first person I see is the mom, right? So she looks like totally trendy, cute mom. And then next to her is her husband. 
and her husband's dressed kind of like my brother. He kind of gave me like the very farmer. He was out of place, like clearly not from the area, but he was sitting down like in his trucker hat, getting his feet done, having his little pedicure. And then next to him was their little boy who was clearly like he had his little fox racing hat and he was super just like this adorable little boy very very just the stent the the square box or like the stereotype of what you think of a boy and he was getting his nails colored and he had this crazy great like blue color on his fingers and he was getting his toes done and I was like I fucking love this this family they're clearly from not from our area like they're out of town and they're vacationing but it was so cute and I'm like you know what I freaking love this like how cool is this family like they're all going out together doing this little thing together on their vacation getting their nails done and I was like I fucking love this how cool is that I love you for loving this yeah and I love you for highlighting it because I feel like people in my family would look at that situation and be like that's the parents pushing that on and okay this is a fight I had this weekend now we're going on a whole left hand here we go here we go buckle up motherfuckers so Again, I'm the liberal snowflake in my family. Mm. That's fine. We love it. If me caring about people mm. makes me a liberal snowflake, so fucking be it. So we, of course, I'm at my family's lake for girls weekend and it's all my aunts, cousins, yada, yada, yada. And they get on their whole thing about kids these days in schools and how I don't they're like so out of pocket where I'm just like this is not real like you guys claim you are fake reality (laughs) living in but they're basically saying how now kids in school can dress up as like furries not like the adult sexual kind you know what I mean okay okay okay, okay, like can identify it's basically that kids can now identify as like a dog or a cat and Didn't I'm like, all do that even I'm like, I don't know. When I was in high school, I had weirdos dress up like Harry Potter every day. Yeah. And weirdos dress up. No, sorry. No offense. If you were the weirdo that dressed up uh, like Harry yeah. Potter, you do you, boo. Yeah. You do you. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm defending you. Yeah. I'm yeah. defending your <laughs> honor. I'm like, I had people in high school dress up like Harry Potter every day yeah. or dress up like with little wizard ear, like Zelda and shit. And I'm like, if that makes them happy yeah. and they want to wear what they want to wear, who, who gives a flying fuck? And um, so... Th- I'm like, I would argue that's good imagination, by the way. And I think it's like you get people are overthinking it. Like kids just want to have fun and just change it up and like let them have imagination. I mean, I think that's like a big piece of why are we trying to control things so much? Like just enjoy people for who they are and how they want to be. And but why are we acting like that's something new? Right. Because I was in high school over 20 years ago and people wore some weird Or want to like be Barbie, right? right? Like we all want to be Barbie and the little Polly Pocket and like all of the things, Legos, like live in this little Lego land. I don't know. So always been. Now they're fixating. I feel like they're fixating on it being like, well, now they want to make accommodations and let them have litter boxes. I'm like, no one is doing that. If you guys maybe hear about one school, one person in the whole country now it's like well the liberals want to do this and they want to allow this in school i'm like that's not happening that's just not it like you are and then they of course get on the the trans thing and i'm quick to step up and defend them they're like well that's the it's parents shouldn't be pushing that on their kids when i was little i was a tomboy and i'm glad that my parents just let me be a tomboy instead of saying oh okay you want to be a boy and foster that and i'm like time out there's a big difference. I was a tomboy. I'm still like 
a bro. Yeah. There's a big difference. I'm like, what if I actually came to you when I was six years old and didn't say, hey, I want to I wanted to play football. When I was a little girl, I wanted my parents to put me in Pop Warner because my brother did Pop Warner. And they said, no, you can't play football. You can do cheer. And I was like, but I don't want to do cheer. I want to do football. And they said, Mm -hmm. girls don't play football. And then I did cheer. And it is what it is. But I wasn't saying. You would have been a great football player. I would have fucking crushed. (laughs) I would have laid out these bitches. It's like a six-year-old when you're like the same size as each other. But it wasn't. I wasn't saying I think I'm a boy. I don't feel like a girl. I feel like a boy. I'm just saying. Football looks fun. I want to do it because my brother's doing it. I'm like, that would have been a big and a different conversation if I came to you and said, no, I legitimately don't feel that way. I'm all, you're, you've never been in that situation to sit there and then say, parents are pushing. I'm like, no one's actually doing that. If you're put in that situation, the overgeneralization, just like you fixate on drag queens, now you're fixating. I'm like, that's not the reality of what's happening. I just get so frustrated and I'm like, Back in the day, I'm like, my male cousin, who's 30-whatever now, who's very much a male, born a male, still identifies as a male. When he was little, someone bought him a doll, and my uncle freaked out and was like, he can't. He had a play kitchen, and my uncle freaked out about it back then, and it was a big deal. And then my mom and my aunts were like, it's fine. He's fine. And I'm like, so that was fine. But now you're like saying, oh, these same parents are like, pushing I'm like you're Mm -hmm. literally losing sight and then you're wanting to cling to it so now I just went on a whole tangent we love that but I think it's just really annoying meanwhile my cousins like when we were growing up one of my cousins he liked to dress up with us so guess what he was in the dresses with us and the heels and we loved it it was so fun and you know what I think just allowing kids to have fun and have imagination and yes yes, and we love and it doesn't mean anything and I feel like we accepted it back then but now it's like I'm like look, talking to my mom and my aunts. I'm like, you guys were okay with it back then, but now you're mm. getting on people. And I'm like, but you were okay with it back then and you weren't trying to make him be a girl. You just let him be. That is the same thing that's happening. Maybe also a, a, so, another unpopular oh, opinion, like a lot. Oh, that line is like, people are overthinking it. That's it. You know what I mean? It's like, you guys are overthinking it yes, and you're like, like trying stop. to now act like people. I'm like, no, yeah. just let, let people, people have just, color yeah. and be happy and be merry and cheerful. That's mm. it. And more color. More color. All the color. More color. More color. More glitter. More glam, please. Dude, we start like Pride next it. month. I know. I'm so Have you seen Target's Pride collection? Not yet. Bro, it's so it yet. out of pocket. Is it? It's so out of Wait, pocket. Wait, you were telling me about a couple pieces that you just saw. There's what a live, it? laugh, lesbian shirt. It's a pink crop top. I kind of want it. <laughs> it says live, laugh, lesbian. I'm like, who in the design team was like, yes. This is great. Let's make a chuggy millennial yes, yes. pride shirt. Live, laugh, lesbian. Oh, uh, like, it's so. Is it in millennial chuggy. pink? Hopefully. Yeah, it's like <laughs> light pink. It's so chuggy that it's ironic that it makes it funny. But I have a whole problem with that'll be a different unpopular opinion. OK, we'll save it. We'll save, we'll save, save it. We'll save a pride unpopular opinion for later. Next time. Yeah, Let's yeah, get yeah. into yeah, it. Yeah, we love this. Oh. OK, you guys, I just want to say this up top. This episode is amazing because trust me. OK, along this line, this episode, you're going to feel so good you're gonna be able to have like a deep breath after you're done listening to this because truly today tuesday brings in some amazing information not just on cancer but so much more than that on all things nutrition we loved it she's so smart so we have tuesday she is a cancer registered dietitian she has over 10 years of education experience in the field of nutrition and has been a dietitian for over five years 
She spent the majority of her career working with people specializing in the cancer field. She's passionate about helping cancer survivors adopt a plant-forward diet to reduce the risk of recurrence. Today, we're getting into all the latest on cancer and food. What are the risk factors for cancer? What are antioxidants? And what do they have to do with cancer? Why are foods irated? Can these foods increase cancer? Does drinking coffee affect cancer? We get into that. She answers so many things. We do myth busting. We get into all the fads on food. You guys, this is an amazing episode. Buckle up, get ready, and let's get into it with Tuesday. Okay, Miss Tuesday, thank you so much for coming on today to the Selfie Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Also, your name is quite iconic. Can we, like, where, how did the origin of your name come about? I'm really curious. I've only ever known one other person named Tuesday. I think you're like an OG. Yeah. Yes. No, I definitely am OG. There was an actress named Tuesday Weld, and she's probably 65 or something now, but my parents just heard it. They liked it and went with it, so... Iconic. Not a huge, unique story, but mm, we love this. I love it. So this is a topic we actually have not talked about in the full almost three years of the show. So we're really excited about this. I know this is something that touches so many patients and families. And we discovered you and we were like, we have to get you on. That's exciting. Yeah, definitely. 50% of people get cancer. So it's a huge thing that almost everyone can relate to in some way or another. That's a staggering that's like a amount. Shocking. Yeah. No, no I know. Here, right? Stalking. I mean, I, I we're going to get into like all the details because we have so many questions for you. But before we get into it, we have to know what is your unpopular opinion? Okay. So I kind of floated this to you guys a second ago, but my unpopular opinion is not that I think her music's bad, but I just don't like Taylor Swift. Like, <sighs> nothing goes fat like when something she comes on the radio i don't think it's bad i think she's great and talented but it's just not for me i click away so fast i'm like i cannot listen to this okay is it her or is it her fans that you don't like because that no it really is oh my god that's so funny i love it i don't i don't think it's bad and i also listen to other really popular justin bieber and things like that so i'm not above it or anything but it's just not you're not a pick me girl you know it doesn't go yeah, yeah. for my ears i'm just like this has to go it's away the, the the rate okay i'm gonna make it my life mission to convert you it's fine my well, best friend is a huge is she her bachelorette party is in august and she's doing the eras oh my oh, god like, tell her i'm cute. coming i'm there Tell her I I'm know, coming so... in my reputation era. <laughs> it's on the beach. So I'm like, that's kind of what I thought. I'm like Pinteresting like Taylor Swift outfits. Oh, go lovers know, era like, for the beach. For the beach. That is what I'm okay. doing. See, look, yes. you're already, you're just embrace it. Just let it, shh, yeah. just let it happen. I'm like, I can wear a nice short pink romper because yes. the reputation, I'm like, that feels like I would be hot. I, I obviously went to her concert in Vegas and that was a whole ordeal because I didn't have tickets, but we got in there mm-hmm. and I went reputation because it was March, Vegas. It was still kind of cold, winter, dark, yeah. but I'm going in August and summer and I'm already like, oh, well now we're going to do lovers for summer because it's outdoors and it's going to be hot in August. Yeah. So I want bright and light. <laughs> so... Yeah, switching uh, it up. That's so funny. That's a cute bachelorette party idea. That is a really cute yeah. idea. 
Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know anything, but I'm going to go along with this. And I know that she's going to be playing all night and I'm just going to kind of get into my own <laughs> zone. You just it. haven't found <laughs> your song yet. Oh, there we go. There's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. You, haven't, you haven't found your era yet. <laughs> yeah. I was literally actually, I'm like hoarse because I was listening to Cruel Summer on the way here and I was screaming the bridge in my car because I think the Adderall and the cold brew hit at the same time and I was really hyped because it's a Friday and then my voice cracked mid and I was like, Bleh. and then I was like, how does this bitch sing for three hours straight? I can't even make it through one bridge and literally. my voice is cracking and now it's all like scratchy. <laughs> it's like honest truth. Oh, we man. love this. Okay, well, we love you anyway. Yeah, we do. We love this. Okay, wait, we got to know because you're in this amazing era yourself, but we want to hear all the lead up to this. So like, where did you grow up? Let's hear all the backstory, all the goods. So Texas girl, I know people have every time I'm on the internet now, it's like Texas trash, <laughs> but it's so big. There's so many different areas. So I'm like from the DFW area and always been like kind of in the city I live in Dallas now and I don't know growing up was great my mom stayed home with us she had an in-home daycare so I was always around a bunch of kids I have a younger brother so I do think that's potentially maybe why I got into healthcare because I'm always health helping growing up yeah. with all the little kids and whatnot so mm-hmm. I don't know I could obviously go on about my whole life story but and then now you're a mom a new mom yeah now I am a mom that's so exciting. Yeah, it is. You look amazingly fresh, girl. For like, I was just gonna say, like your skin, your bright, beautiful. you look well rested. <laughs> you look amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. I am. You got not some hacks well rested, going. Well, it's probably but... the she's got the nutrition part down. So well, maybe that's, that's why. Maybe got that's what it is. Oh yeah, maybe so. I drink a lot of water, but my skin, like really, they say glowing through pregnancy. My skin stayed great through pregnancy, so mm. I just. I do think I got lucky in that way. Mm-hmm. It, I did not like being pregnant at all. It's the worst experience, but that part stayed good. So mm-hmm. at least that's something. How has it been like as a millennial mother? How has that been for you? Like, how's the transition? I think it's interesting because there are so many very strong opinions about how you should raise your child and all of this stuff. And here, this actually could also be my unpopular opinion is that. I co-sleep with my baby so he sleeps with me and it's like a huge thing where people are like that's so terrible and I almost even felt like nervous saying it because people are so judgmental but you just have to do what works for you what feels best for you and I do think I get more sleep that way and we're all happy so that's great but I think it is very there's so much information you're seeing stuff all the time of don't do this it's bad it's unsafe it's there's so much of that. So I think navigating that and just kind of settling into what I'm comfortable with. For sure. Say from like being a nurse though, is every time we think we have the evidence-based practice yeah. and the strong, this is what's best 10 years later, it's something completely different. 100%. So at this point now, I'm just yeah. like, how about the best way to raise your kids is whatever fucking works, works. because that shit's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just yeah. everyone is so like judgy or judgy or thinks they like, have the answer yes. or wait okay I do want to know this really quick in terms of like your co-sleeping what are some things that you're doing like specifically in terms of like safety or like on I just want to get the details on that because I do think there are we're kind of in this push right towards more natural anyways but what are some things that you're doing to one help your sleep but also bond with your baby all those things in terms of the co-sleeping yeah. or just in general? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
it's safest for breastfeeding mothers and I'm exclusively breastfeeding because you sleep in the little like, C position with the baby and their head is by your breast. So I guess it's safer because it's more just intuitive that you fall asleep that way. I don't move. I sleep like a corpse. And this is something I've been told <clears throat> by everyone ever. They're like, you do not move. You stay dead still. Okay. So I think for me, that makes me feel more comfortable is that I've never been like a thrasher. I don't roll over. I am super still. And I also hear really well mm. when I'm sleeping, like one little noise and I'm like, my eyes are awake. Okay. So I think all of that I'll be honest, I don't even do the safe sleep seven, which is something that if you're going to do it, you can look into it. But I don't follow everything on there. I think it's of a course, great like, thing to talk about. And things yeah. are also changing all the time. OK, so like perfect example for me, hopefully one day when we have children, I know in terms of sleeping, like I am I'm a mover. Right. So for me, I'm like, OK, I'm going to modify that a little bit just so it's for safe on, on my yeah. end. But I think this is a really good conversation to be having. Right. Because. Again, things are always changing, and whatever works for you, I think is great. I'm just mm -hmm. like, well, for look, and you're the well history informed. of fucking time, like our grandparents yes. and shit, like yes. babies slept with their mothers. mothers. Well, and yeah. not even that, just the way they were raised in oh, general yeah. was so like the, the fact village. that our parents are even alive is with all the no things that are big no nos now. It's right. like, well, then oh, we yeah. would have never human race would have been dead. <laughs> Yeah, because I think our generation, we all slept on our stomachs. I did. Yeah. That is a huge no-no now, yeah. but we're all here. So I'm sure, like you said, there's all statistics on this and that, but it's mm. such a small fraction. And I think this goes into like all the cancer stuff too, is people get so honed in on such nitpicky details mm -hmm. when it's like you're making it worse. You're mm -hmm. stressing yourself out more. And for me, getting good sleep is great. I don't have to walk to go get him mm -hmm. and put him back down and rock him to sleep and blah, blah, blah. And I'm I'm sure that I am like a better mother because I'm not like we love this psycho with no sleep. Good. You know what? <laughs> well, we used to be very like judgy about home births being mm -hmm. NICU nurses. Yeah. And we've mm -hmm. come like full, full circle. I guess not full in some circle. way. We've gone like a 180, though. Yeah. A three like, yeah, 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 for sure. Not not full circle, because then we'd be right back here. <laughs> but we like, we went and we did a little quarter turn. Yes. And we're like, you know what? From just doing more research and education, talking to more people and knowing what a, a trash can healthcare system we have in place. I'm not, I can't sit here and die on that hill and yeah. saying that it's unsafe. Well, and I also think there's like, in terms of patients, right, and learning, I think there's such thing as like being well informed, right? And you mm -hmm. make the decisions that work best for you and so i think that's xyz risk factors whatever so you do you you have a well-informed decision so i think that's like mm -hmm. a really great yeah. thing to talk about low-key i co-sleep with moses my dog <laughs> <laughs> he like sleeps right here we love this <laughs> for you okay so i absolutely i think what you do is absolutely amazing and i do think that this is something that so many people are going to learn from how did you get into becoming a registered dietitian and like what brought on the the passion to do this? And what was that career path like for that or education? Sure. So when I started in college, I started pre-med. I always thought medical something or other. And then you're in college for a year and I was like, I do not want to do this for like 500 <laughs> years to be a doctor. So I kind of just looked around and was taking various classes like psych and nutrition, of course. And I just kind of fell into it. I always liked health and fitness and I didn't really know it was a career path. So after taking the intro to nutrition, it's stuff you can apply right away to your life. 
So I think that really interests me because I was able to stay a little more focused where med school, Mm -hmm. you can learn all this and this and this, but who Mm -hmm. knows where it's going sort of where I could see the practical application right away. And so you get your bachelor's in dietetics and then you apply for an internship match, which now they're requiring you do a master's program with it. But at the time I went through, it was just like 1200 hours supervised practice. You have to get matched. So I went to a program that was 10 and a half months. And after that, you can sit for your exam, become a dietitian. And then I just kind of fell into cancer after that and mm-hmm. like was in the hospital. There's way less dietitians than there is nurses or other people. There at the hospital I was working at was like 500 beds and there was six of us. Wow. So mm-hmm. you kind of see a little bit of everything, which is nice. So then you can hone in on what you like best. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got into cancer. But I did everything at the hospital. I just didn't like it as much mm-hmm. well and it's crazy yeah. how much you would have you have to know in that line of work yeah. about that specialty like I feel like especially with everything kind of coming up in terms of understanding nutrition and there's just so much I also think it's such an important part of the team because there's such a lack of education and knowledge in that in medicine and nursing Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that is like a nurses big gap. would come up to me all the time and be like, my mom has diabetes, so what should I do? <laughs> so even people are like just random things like that, yeah. where mm-hmm. even other medical professionals would ask me questions, and it is something that I think we should all be a little bit more educated on. Sure. The fact that doctors get one class mm-hmm. is absurd. But it's like the foundation of us as human beings, literally. Like we need food to survive. And there's so, in terms of food, there's so many options out there. And like weeding through it, it is, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I actually want to go into this because I do feel like this is a very hot button topic. It's something that I think we absolutely should be talking about. I want to myth bust this. Can you break down the differences between a registered dietitian coach, nutritionist, like, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, that's true. I feel like there's a lot of misinformation, Mm -hmm. especially a lot of self-proclaimed internet health coaches. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So registered dietitians can call themselves whatever they want. So I can say I'm a health coach, obviously, but you, if you want you'll quote Western medicine and science-based information, you do want a registered dietitian. Of course, there are some health coaches that have great practices, but you just never really know what their education is or anything like that, where anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. And some people do have nutrition certifications and have taken some classes, but I always say I could put my dog in front of my nutrition textbook and then call him a nutritionist like there is no (laughs) Moses I'm gonna get my dog certified (laughs) yeah where anybody can call themselves that you don't have to y'all could call yourself that you don't have to have any sort of credentials or any sort of education Mm -hmm. so yes some nutritionists do have some nutrition certifications more so it's not like a board registered type thing Mm -hmm. like a registered dietitian And within the past maybe five, six years, they changed the registered dietitian to registered dietitian nutritionist to try to kind of like own that word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But obviously, people can still say nutritionist. I wish nutritionist was more protected, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Because I think that people that are not in the medical world 
don't know the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian. So they'll be like, oh, I need to see like a nutritionist or mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. And they like use them interchangeably, not knowing that there's different education requirements yeah. or actual like yeah, exam yeah and right. stuff mm-hmm. that goes along with that. Off the top of your head, do you happen to know the different, like in terms of nutrition versus registered dietitian, what are nutritionists? Is it just a certification? You don't even have to have a certification. See, that's crazy. Can I? Say it. Say it. There are like nurses that like now do nutrition. And it's like, you are an RN. But I listen, I was a fucking nursing professor. I like worked in academia at the nursing level. And I can tell you that nutrition is one class that is very subpar in a BSN program. And Mm -hmm. yes, we're a nurse and education is within our scope yada 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 i'm like but i think it's a bit of a stretch to then be doing true nutrition coaching yeah and say i'm a nurse nutritionist i don't know personally Mm -hmm. it like makes me not i think because i come from such a long background of just eating disorder history and all this stuff that i just hate how easily people get misinformation and things like yeah. that because they think that they can trust certain people. And, you know, as nursing, I feel like we're a very trusted profession. But I don't know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't necessarily sit right with me because I just don't feel like it's mm-hmm. necessarily super act- the yeah. best right. approach, for best sure. resource. Like- or I don't know. I'm, I'm not putting it well, but I just I see it yeah. and I, I don't like it. And it makes me always kind of just be like. Mm-mm. Well, it's also <laughs> doctors, I would say, are the biggest, I don't want to say the biggest culprits, but like they're the ones that are the, are the most trusted of all the people that give that kind of information where it's like, well, that person's a doctor, so they know. And it's oh, like, automatically, mm, like, I can they, assure they you trump. they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or people are like, well, I'll listen to my doctor. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't know. I had my, my doctor, doctor gave said. me my cholesterol was a little high. And I've always had that issue. And my doctor gave me a low carb list. And I was like, this has nothing to do with cholesterol. I didn't say anything because I'm just, just not even worth you it. have to learn to keep keep out of it sometimes because I would constantly be addressing stuff every single day. You're hearing someone say something wrong about nutrition because people just always are talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I just let it go. But I was like, this does not reduce your cholesterol. <laughs> I was just like, what is this handout? Um, actually, along those that bloodline, what is the biggest challenge you've faced when you became a registered dietitian? Like, what's something that you feel like you're battling? It's like an uphill battle. And this is something that you're like, the whole world should know about this. All right, listen up, all of my nursing students that are tuning in today. Do you want to pass your nursing exams and the NCLEX with ease? Then check out Simple Nursing. Simple Nursing is the best study resource on the market with their thousands of videos, colorful study guides, and a massive quiz bank to test your knowledge. PowerPoints and textbooks are so old school, while Nurse Mike's animated fun videos really make difficult concepts easy to understand. And listen, as a former nursing professor, don't even get me started on their NCLEX prep. Mm. There's adaptive assessment exams, personalized study plans, and an entire review series. You can try them out 100% free today. Just head to their website, simplenursing.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's simplenursing.com forward slash podcast. Now go crush it. Go crush it, you guys. I think it is just some misinformation in general, and it 
has gotten better over time with my need to feel like I need to address it and not feeling like people aren't listening to me. People don't think I'm qualified. They don't know what I do. They think that they know better than me and my job. And I've more so just kind of let it go. I'm like, if you don't want to listen, that's fine. I'm not going to. I used to feel when I was younger, like I need to tell this person and I need to correct this. But I've learned, let the people that want to learn from you come to you, listen to you, and don't like, if people are on these little, their carnivore diets or whatever the heck that people are going to do, they're in that already. Mm -hmm. They're deep within the, I don't want to call it a cult, but it really does feel that way where they all just band together and attack you on Instagram or say the alkaline diet people too. They're crazy. They'll get up in your grill like this person's like whatever and they'll all just attack you. And I'm like, do y'all have a group message going to attack certain people at different times? But I think that that is probably the biggest thing is just trying to put out my information and not worry so much about the bad information being put out because I can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. And people will latch on to what they... The keto. I mean, I look back at like myself and I'm like, I've for sure latched onto things or then later on I'm like, Mm. that was not the holy grail that you tried to make it out to be. Right. Yeah. Like I was a keto hoe. (laughs) Is there, this is kind of like in my head, I'm like, is there a fad in the social media world that you're actually liking? Like, are there things, are there any good nutrition things that you're seeing that are like really good? Or are there things that you're like, this is absolutely horrible. Like we should be canceling this situation. (laughs) Hmm. So I think with things that I do, but I think can be kind of tricky is all the intuitive eating stuff. I think it's like a great practice, but I think people take what they see on social media and they don't understand the nuance of it and all these different things. It's like, oh, eat whatever cookies and chips you want all the time. And people see that and just mm-hmm. you should do whatever you want. But it is so complex. There's way more to it. And so I think that that is something that is good, but is also misinterpreted a lot. Mm -hmm. And so there is still, you you still want to be healthy. Most people do that are looking for that kind of thing. And there's one thing with addressing disordered eating and having a good relationship with food and then being kind of out of control with your health, because I think we all want to be healthy and that's different than addressing body image issues or relationship with food issues, Mm -hmm. that you can still do all of those things and have a healthy life and still eat fun foods and things like that. Right, right, 100%. I'm curious, so kind of moving into your specialty with cancer, how did you get into this? Where did the interest spark? Yeah, Yeah, so I just, I liked it. I know it sounds so basic, but I just kind of enjoyed learning about it, even in my internship, and then practicing For the first couple of years in the hospital, it's where I was drawn to. I'm super empathetic and I felt like I could help people during these times and they want to see me. They wanted me to talk to them and they'd be excited when I came in the room. Oh, I've been wanting to talk to you. I've had some questions. And then I'd go to the cardiac floor or do some diabetes and they're like, get out of here. They just did not want to talk to you. And of course, there are tons of people with those other conditions that do want help. But my experience was really negative where I felt valued and heard and people relied on me in the cancer unit. So it's something that I enjoyed and I felt like I could really help people during a difficult time and I usually make people feel more calm and less stressed out. 
And so that, that was a big part of it. And I think it's applicable for everyone, even if you haven't had cancer. Like I said, 50% of people get cancer. So prevention's great. We should all really be eating this way and doing these things to, to reduce our risks if that's important to you. Mm. So when we say that you have specialized in cancer, what does that actually entail? What does a day in the life of your job even look like? And what are your responsibilities? Mm-hmm. So in the hospital setting, it's really just a chart review, looking at the patients. And most people are obviously very sick. So it's dealing with symptom management, active treatment sort of things. Are you having issues eating? Are you having nausea, diarrhea? All those things that we could manage with food. Of course, there's a place for medication and a lot of times it's needed, but there are a ton of things that we can do with food that reduces the amount of medication that you need to take. Um, When I would go into patient rooms, they would have lots of questions about the myths or I give them food lists, food ideas, different things that all sound to me when I'm saying them. I'm like, this person probably thinks I'm saying the most basic information, but they're like, I would, I don't know why I didn't think of that, but adding butter to your food and sort of encouraging the eating is a huge thing that I did in the hospital. And then now I do more post-treatment, people trying to get their energy back, people trying to feel more confident in their body after so many changes, some lingering side effects, but not as many. I get a lot more people that have gained weight through treatment now. So it's kind of the opposite of in the hospital. Lots of people are losing weight, mm-hmm. couldn't eat very much. And then I get a lot of people that gain weight from steroids mm-hmm. or various things that just want to feel better, feel sluggy. So that's a lot of what I do now. And I do all of that just privately. So it's kind of like how I'm chatting with y'all, chat with them, take intake forms. I create my own materials now for them. So it's a lot less like red tape. And then I do text coaching. So they text me all the time. Mm. And I think it gives them a lot more support because in the hospital, 100%. I'm going by every three to five days. And oh, most of them aren't there that long. Mm-hmm. And if they are, that's not great either. So just a lot more follow-up and helping people actually make real changes rather than just blah mm-hmm. information. Well, just like getting yes, to the sir. nitty-gritty of yeah. like, well, food. I want to know what the inside scoop is about what we should be eating should not be eating yeah Ooh, let's do that yes so i can tell you what you shouldn't be eating because there's not that many things so that's easier number one and i don't want to say shouldn't ever i try to be really if you want to have those things sometimes but know your risks like what we were talking about earlier is so i will tell you the things that increase risk of cancer for sure alcohol so obviously that is a huge one and It's really cultural. People are very defensive about it, I've noticed, but it does increase risk of at least seven different types of cancers, probably more. And it's for sure absolutely does increase risk. And then the second one is processed meat. So think like Mm. hot dogs, sausages, bacon, that sort of product. Those increase risk of colorectal cancer specifically. So those are the only two that for sure increase cancer in any amount consumed. Red meat is also one that we want to limit. So 18 ounces per week or less. So that's like around three servings for most people, especially my population clientele. They're not eating all of that. If it's a big guy or something that eats a ton of steak, that's a different story. But I I feel like with women, it's not usually a huge issue. Mm -hmm. So just keeping that a few servings a week. Mm -hmm. But that's really it. Wow. That's actually good to know. I mean, 
I'm surprised. I thought it would be a longer list for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look up the known carcinogens, so there's stage 2A, blah, blah, blah. Alcohol and processed meats are stage one and they're the only foods on the list. And then 2A is probably causes cancer when consumed in a large amount. That's the red meat. And that's all that's on there. Okay. So it's way less than we think. Okay. Obviously, there's indirect causes. If you eat a ton of sugar and you get diabetes, you're more likely to get cancer. But it's all these indirect things that Mm -hmm. it's more related to having not a super great healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. in general. And then can you go over, so I know there's a lot of talk about this in terms of health in general, but antioxidants and maybe their relation one to cancer, but also just a general, like, what are they? How do they help our body in general? And then like the best foods we could be eating. Yeah. So antioxidants are super great for cancer. They protect against the type of free radical damage associated with cell damage that causes cancer. So the more antioxidants you have, the more your cells are protected. And it's just vitamins and minerals, essentially. So fruits, vegetables, plant-based protein, basically anything that comes from a plant is going to have antioxidants. So spices, coffee beans, a ton of stuff. Drinking coffee every day? (laughs) Is that like... An antioxidant? Ah. Yes. They're actually, I just created one of my emails that I send out every week, and it's about coffee and cancer and all the benefits, too. This is the first good news I've had in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. And then in terms of actually, like, let's, is there a list in your head of the top, maybe five best things we can be eating or in terms of antioxidants, like the most potent, that kind of thing? Mm. not really. There's nothing that's like, oh my gosh, this is so much better. Off the head, I, off my head, I'm thinking that blueberries are always up there on the list, mm-hmm. which, yeah, they have antioxidants, but so does every other fruit. So really fruits and vegetables, I would say, are the ones to hone in on the most because, of course, like plant-based protein is great. Whole grains are great, but we do want to consume that in moderation. But for me, almost no one consumes too many fruits and vegetables. So if you want to be eating more fruits and vegetables, go for it. It's great for you. So then is it kind of a bullshit buzzword to call something a superfood? I feel Um, like anything they're like, this is a superfood because it's got antioxidant rich. And it's like, it's literally just a smoothie. Like, Mm -hmm. shut up. (laughs) Superfood is a marketing term. It's not a science nutrition term. So it doesn't mean anything. (laughs) I feel like you people just want to like marketing 101. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So what about your take then? Because both of our dads are farmers. We're big fruit, fruit girls. Yeah. Strawberry farmer and berries and lemons. Yeah. But there's always that list of the dirty fruits and people are like, should you avoid? What's your actual take on on all that? The dirty dozen. Yeah. Yeah. They have strawberries on there. And I was like, my grandpa lived to be almost 90 and was a strawberry farmer. And he yeah. ate them back when they used to blast that shit with pesticides <laughs> that would have you have arms growing out of your head. And he lived forever. So I'm just saying. <laughs> so where the list comes from is they test the highest amount of pesticides they can find on any fruits. And then they just list which ones have the highest. But I think like when you mentioned strawberries, I could definitely be wrong on this number but it's you have to eat 13 pounds of strawberries a day to get uh, the amount of pesticides that would be harmful mm-hmm. so it's just not and you gonna happen wash them though right like so well okay washing fruit like not there's effective? also a trend on i've been seeing it on tiktok and i really want your thoughts on this 
people who are washing their fruit with like baking soda to get, you know, they'll like throw it in a bunch of water and then rinse it. So like, okay, one, my question being, what is maybe the best way to clean your fruit? Is it just like water? Like we're overthinking this or what are your thoughts on that? We're definitely overthinking it. Water is all you need. You actually don't want to put anything on it because it will get into the food and it can actually become more harmful at that point. So all you have to do is wash it with water. It's totally fine. Also, if you get anything that says pre-wash, you do not need to wash it. It's just not as scary as we would think. Everything that has pesticides, I mean, y'all know, like, it has to have pesticides or else it's not going to ever get to our table. It has to be protected from bugs and from all the things like that. So it's normal. It's super small levels and it keeps our foods fresh Mm -hmm. and good. Um, And there, there are no fruits and vegetables made without pesticides. Organic still has pesticides preach it I did a research paper on that in college because yeah. i laughed though i'm like okay you're gonna pay double the price you go to any grocery store and there's blackberries and then organic blackberries and they're double the price and i'm like they just have a different list of pesticides that they can use and they have to do certain yeah, things a, with turning exactly. their dirt and their crop and stuff yeah. but it's like they're not completely you growing it in your backyard with out anything it's like that yeah is best is to grow it yourself is. right like if you can that's a that's a great tip everybody start growing your own food yeah, yeah. Or live off the mean. land we all should mm-hmm. live yeah. off the land yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> i want to know about this too okay so when we're talking cancer specifically let's talk gluten-free is this in your humble opinion like what's your opinion on gluten in general like some general things we should just know about that there is nothing really that I normal person needs to know about it. It's just a form of protein that's in a lot of greens. And some people can't have it. People with celiac disease, one in 100 people. So it is kind of common, but these people can't have it at all. But there's really not a lot of proof behind the tolerances. In that case, if you're having some issues with breads and stuff, I usually say go for more whole grain or Ezekiel breads and you probably have more of an IBS issue than I I can't have gluten because it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's just the way that your stomach might digest things, but it has no relation to cancer. There's no link or anything that you'd need to know. I love all the fad myth busting too. What about all the juice cleanses and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing that people (laughs) are like saying is going to... Like Rid- make your life tox- better. Yeah, detox. Yeah, detox. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, we have our liver and our kidneys. So we have our own natural detoxers and our bodies. So it's not going to do anything special that eating regular fruits and vegetables wouldn't do. I always say if you want something like that, that is totally fine. There's no harm in doing it. But I recommend a smoothie. You're going to get more fiber when you juice it, all the fiber is gone. It's something that only 5% of Americans get enough of fiber. So keep we all the rinds in that keep, keep the it. fiber. Yep. Keep it yeah. in there. Keep the fiber. If you're doing great on your fiber, you eat tons of other fruits and vegetables every day and you really just like juice, go ahead. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. You're going to get the antioxidants, just you're missing the fiber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not going to clean you or do anything. If you need, quote, a detox, stop drinking alcohol and eat healthy <laughs> and go on a walk. Right. <laughs> Drink some more water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hydrate those kidneys. Hydrate everything. <laughs> yeah. 
what about because there's a lot of new people talking about this and i do see it in the medical world quite a bit like limiting times that you eat so in like fasting intermittent fasting fasting, right like this is a huge rage what are your thoughts on that like is there any scientific evidence like good bad all the things as far as cancer or just in general maybe both i'm curious from your thoughts yeah so there aren't it's newer so there aren't a lot of studies on it in terms of what it's good for i think maybe for some other specialties maybe there's some evidence with fasting in terms of blood sugar management and things like that i just don't know anything about that Mm -hmm. topic specifically but with cancer it's not gonna do anything different and i usually recommend against it with cancer because people are already having a hard time eating you're just shortening the window that you're eating that's all really it is and people lose weight on it because you're eating less if you want to lose weight eat less that is the key Mm -hmm. eat less exercise more and you're basically tricking your mind to until not eating as much throughout the day Mm -hmm. and that's really it you could do that by eating six small meals you will wake up have a midnight snack and still lose weight if you're eating smaller amounts at that time so Mm -hmm. i think it's harder because if you don't eat for 16 hours i would go crazy and eat a ton when i first started eating but everybody is a little bit different so if that's really what works for someone and they're doing everything in a healthy way i'm not completely absolutely not but with cancer it's typically not a super great idea Mm -hmm. just with the difficulties eating already i love that what about some of the other foods that i feel get i don't know thrown out there as being like oh these cause cancer like soy or what about all the fake sugars Mm. and stuff like that Mm. aspartame yeah what are the other ones those things they're always those are hot but yeah soy is such a big one and i do like talking about it because now we know that soy decreases risk of cancer so it's floating out there that like it's bad you should not eat it but it's like actually super great The younger you are as a woman when you start eating it, the better because it has the phytoestrogens, but they're not going to bind to your estrogen receptors. It doesn't increase the estrogen in your body. Yeah, like it was saying males shouldn't eat soy. It's making their hormones off. And there was rodent studies that showed that was true, but we're not rodents. So some guys are. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) once they started doing human studies they realized it lowers Mm. risk of cancer because it's like i said it's a plant it has antioxidants it has fiber it has all of this good stuff that does protect against cancer so it's something i encourage everybody to eat increase it in your diet especially when you're young of course it's never too late to start but the more you eat it the younger you are the lower your risk of breast cancer and hormone-based cancer wow that's remember, actually completely opposite of what no, you hear remember when soy milk used to be that girl yes like when common milk th- took yeah. over her well no and then oat milk took over for over almond her milk. but yeah. back in the day yeah. soy milk was the original oh it used to be cream in your coffee and then i was like i'm gonna have soy milk and then mm-hmm. now you don't even hear that ever mm-hmm. you're at starbucks and it's like almond milk or oat milk oat milk latte and yeah yeah basically water that's what those other ones are i always recommend soy because all the reasons i just said plus it has protein mm-hmm. where like those other milks they're just yeah they do not have any. cancer survivors people going through treatment need more protein so i'm always like mm-hmm. pushing yeah. if you're not going to do dairy which is totally fine i 
I can't drink dairy either. Soy is the way to go. If you like it. If you hate it, of course, don't do it. But That's interesting. I like that mindset on that. I feel like there's just, oh my God, there's so many like internet buzz topics that people will build their whole platform on vilifying. The other one I hear all the time is all the different oils. Oh, yeah. That seems to be like the rage. I feel like in the fitness community of demonizing certain oils, nut oils or some shit. I don't even know. Like certain oils. Seed oils. oils. And then like with cooking. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I'm like people going these It depends on what you're trying to. It has way more to do with cooking in general and the heat point of different things. And are you trying to fry something or trying to saute something? What do you want it to taste like? There's different reasons why, but it's more cooking based versus health based. Like it's all oil most oils are plant-based which i mentioned like multiple times now plant-based is what we want to be doing we want to have more plants so just not going super crazy with oil not dousing everything in oil everything is so nitpicky on this one thing's bad and just focus on the big picture drink some water eat some fruits and vegetables go on a walk i repeat it it sounds touch grass yes (laughs) though people get so hung up on this and they like die on these hills yeah And it's just not, it's not helpful. And the stress that you're creating probably within yourself is way worse for your health. There are so many proven disadvantages of being stressed. Um, It can cause so many health problems. You're causing way more issues than just eating a little bit of oil or put a little butter on your bread. Yeah. I actually want to go back to this because I am really curious for aspartame and then sweeteners. What, Yeah. yeah. Can you break that down for us? Give us the latest on that. There's no anything related to cancer. So our Diet Coke early cancer. Yeah. 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 So it was like, I guess in the 90s, if you have you guys watched any of the explained on Netflix? I I have some of them. Season three, episode one is sugar. And they do such a great job explaining all of that. And then the why artificial sweeteners became so popular and the pushing of diet sodas and diet and blah, blah, blah. And then everything goes up and down. This is really good. This is really bad. This is whatever. The one thing that I say with artificial sweeteners is it is so much sweeter than regular sugar that if you're craving sugar, having a lot of artificial sweeteners is only going to make you want sugar more where eating sugar, it's gone. The craving should go away unless there's some emotional sort of issue. But biologically, eating regular sugar would be optimal Mm -hmm. of course it's totally fine to have a diet soda but you're going to need way more if you're uh, in all of those diet products you're going to need more regular sugar to satisfy the same craving Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense yeah Mm -hmm. artificial sweeteners have a weird aftertaste to me that i can't yeah she she gets really funny i just Mm -hmm. am like "Uh -uh, i'd rather just have a little bit of the the real real thing thing. it's like having the real ice cream versus same like all the halo top bullshit and stuff i'm like i would rather have one little scoop of real good quality ice cream then down a whole pint of right the healthy knockoff yeah. just have a little bit of the real thing and then i feel mentally that has been what's been so huge in my whole history with eating stuff too is instead of just being so entrenched in this diet culture and always trying to have the healthier version of everything just have the little mm-hmm. bit of the real thing when I want to and then go on with my life right that's been the most yeah yeah and mm-hmm. if you love halo top great but I just probably think that most people don't really like it as much as they think that they do you and train so yourself to like it because you mm-hmm. think it's better right and then yes. you realize because yeah. I there was one point where I used to buy that and I was like oh my god and mm-hmm. then now I'm like that sucked that was never yeah <laughs> yeah 
And that's really what it is. It's like a lot of mental blocks Mm -hmm. that we have. But it's ingrained in us. So I don't blame anyone for feeling that way. But there is a way to get out of that bad relationship with food, thinking food's bad. There are ways to get out of it. And it's unfollow all these like people saying toxic stuff. Follow Mm -hmm. like one to two people that you really trust. Don't even go follow every single dietitian because we all do have, you know, a little bit of difference Mm -hmm. in like how we teach and like what we believe and so hone in on a couple people and just listen to those people when you have too many voices like it's going to be overwhelming overwhelming even if it's a bunch of qualified people right I think that is a big piece of this too and why we wanted to have you on today is because I feel like you have such a really nice way of simplifying everything and taking the stress out of like don't overthink this let's just get back to basics I love that yeah exactly absolutely. like maybe touching on that because I think this is also a fad that I'm seeing everywhere and hearing everything about is ph based diets or like water right like or like acid and how it affects cancer what are your thoughts on that in general well you can't change the pH of your body and you wouldn't want to. You're going to go to the hospital and you could die. As you all have seen with probably DKA and all these things, if your right. body changes too acidic or too alkaline, it is very bad. So, of course, eating foods isn't going to change that or else we would all be in the hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't logically make any sense. So those claims, it's like one of those things where there's a little bit of truth to a lot of things, but this, it's just completely false. There's no truth to it, no benefits, absolutely no reason to do that. Of course, cancer does thrive in an acidic environment, but you can't change the environment of your body. Mm. So it's more of that happened in the lab, in a test tube or petri dish or whatever, but you can't can't change that. It's wild how marketing just kind of rules everything in the 90s we convinced everyone that i can't believe it's not butter is better than just real butter right and yeah. then now you go to buy a water bottle and it's the one that's a whatever ph type one is two dollars yeah. more it's just so wild yeah yeah concept what about and i don't know if you're familiar with this so maybe something that we can or can't talk about but plastics and like heating up our food in plastic versus glass like I know I actually have switched over to glass in our household for everything but are there any links to cancer or like what are your thoughts on that in general plastic water bottle yeah 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 so it's the BPAs from plastic so for water bottles if it's a BPA free water bottle it's totally fine not to worry about it but I would recommend microwaving in glass or ceramic and not in plastic because it leaches the BPA into your food. Mm -hmm. So there is, that is true. But if you have a BPA-free plastic water bottle, so that would be more of a reusable Mm -hmm. water bottle. I think Nalgene, for sure, it says BPA-free on there. But if you're uncomfortable using any plastic, use a metal or something like that. or glass or whatnot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just warmed up dinner last night. I know. I have been trying to get away from plastics. That's been something also just for the environment in general. I think it's just a better, yeah, the single use things. We're trying to be a a little bit better here and there. Yeah, but just trying and making those steps. And it's like this thing with nutrition. You can't change everything at once. You can't be perfect. You're not a failure if you don't do it every single time. Just with people like, oh, I ate a cookie and now everything's ruined. And oh, oh, oh." it's just like the same with the environmental stuff too. Give yourself some grace and just try. Yeah. Yeah, just don't overthink it so much. 
Yeah. When your patients or your clients come to you, what are some like key things that you say to them? Like, what are your like maybe top three things in terms of like good, either healthy eating, some tips? What are your top three things? Life hacks. <laughs> yeah. As far as like nutrition goes with my clients, the first things that we work on, and I did a presentation for a blood cancer conference last week, and these are the three things I talked about there too, is protein, fiber, water. Start there. If those three things are not good, you don't need to be worried about your oils and your random other stuff if you're not drinking water or eating enough protein or eating enough fiber. Like I said, most people don't get enough fiber, especially 95% of people don't get enough fiber. Mm -hmm. And there's so many benefits to it. There's more studies coming out in relation to cancer, too, about how it helps treatment work better and be more effective. There's so many benefits there. It's like endless that if you're not doing those three really good, then don't even worry about anything Mm -hmm. else. So I would say start there. And obviously, some people might be good on those but i find that most people at least have some deficiency within those three right. do you have any tips for people who maybe struggle to get enough fiber in or struggle with the best their protein with intake fiber? or yeah. drinking water even mm-hmm. yeah i have so many tips <laughs> so with water this is actually not the one that i like to use but it's the one i have right now it's 32 ounces so 64 ounces a day so all i have to do is drink two take it everywhere with you don't get yourself into a situation where you haven't had water. Even talking to y'all, I'm like, I have not sipped my water in an hour and I'm like parched. Okay. And so, yeah, you're Stanley. Get a cup that makes you excited. And it sounds so basic, but take it everywhere with you. If you get bored of it, get a new one. Just have it everywhere with you and set timers on your phone with water. If you forget, that also sounds really like basic. But if you're going to forget, then that is important. Yeah. Also, you're allowed to pee and it's okay. You can take a one minute break from whatever you're doing and go to the restroom. So I hear that all the time. I'm too busy. I don't drink water because I don't want to go to the restroom. Mm. I know people have busy jobs, but you've got to go. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Mm-hmm. And it does not take that long. Your kidneys it's appreciate not a big process. Yeah, do. What about adding yeah. like lemon to your water or anything? Like what's yeah. your thought on that? Yeah. Add lemon, add fruit flavors, add crystal light, whatever you want to do. Okay. It doesn't always have to be water. Coffee is water. It's a hydrant. Tea one more <laughs> no i always argue with people because they're like you drink too much coffee and i'm like okay but how do i make the coffee with water with water with water yeah. it's bean water <laughs> <laughs> and i do think caffeine wise there is a too much but rotating it with water and still getting some water but it does count towards your needs if a cancer patient is super nauseous and they want coffee or they only want tea or they only want juice i'm like go for it it. juice milk that all counts too so thinking of it broader than water almost every beverage counts except for alcohol i don't love to count sodas but if you're super nauseous and you want to have a sprite obviously that is Sprite like, just you. hits different when you're yeah. sick and nauseous. I know. McDonald's yeah. Sprite. I haven't had soda since 2016 up until our trip to Bali where oh, I yeah. exclusively drank so Sprite. Yeah. Sprite was it just perfect hit. It hit. in Bali. And then yeah. I came home and I have not had yeah. any. No, but actually I really yeah. like this too because I'm thinking in my head of my mother who absolutely cannot drink. She just doesn't drink water. Like she does not at all. But I really like the idea of like, okay, the crystal lights or like little packets, like that is something that I feel like she would really like. So it's like, yeah, just make sure you're drinking 64 ounces. Is that correct? And 
Uh get that water in get your hydrated cells like we don't want our shriveled up little cells and then for protein and fiber i just say try to make sure you're doing that at every meal and snack this is why i don't love the intuitive eating because you're making everything so small you're trying to fit everything in this really tiny time frame where it's way easier to if you're eating six small meals a day eat protein and fiber at every single meal and it's going to help you get a lot closer also for me a fiber supplement's totally fine like metamucil Mm, go for it if that's what works well and is going to help you get there filling in in those nutritional gaps and that's totally fine but just kind of centering your meals around those because a lot of people are like i eat too many carbs blah 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 but you're they're taking those foods out and not adding anything in where if you just focus on add those foods in add more fruits and vegetables eat more plant-based protein you're getting a lot of fiber, you're getting a lot more protein, and you're not going to have a room for this other stuff that you don't need quite as much of. Mm-hmm. Any good snack ideas? Mm. Lots of hard-boiled eggs, cheese sticks, nuts, pumpkin seeds, pumpkin seeds. apples, okay. like any fruits with nuts or nut butter. I say always pair protein and a carb. So carb, I would love for it to have fiber in it. If you do, it's going to help keep you fuller for longer. And just that little tiny pairing is going to be super helpful of making sure it's always a protein and a carb mm. Plus so, and peanut butter goes so hard still that's like my og from childhood and I I, eat that, that is every still day. my jam even like banana yeah. and peanut i love banana oh, yeah, and peanut butter one, yes that works too mm-hmm. i actually don't like bananas at all but it is a good snack. <laughs> that's my unpopular opinion we uh, eat banana I, sandwiches on top of the mountain in bali that we hiked and that was the weirdest the thing ba- ever. it was, there's no peanut so butter. Good. It was literally just like smashed banana on bread and i was like Oh, right. But I was like, this is delicious. It was so good because we had just hiked up. Yeah, mountain. It was we were like banana sandwich. This is so weird. And then I was actually a fan. Yeah. Need some carbs. Yeah, for sure. For your hike. You mentioned nausea and stuff. Was just wondering if you could maybe give some of those good tips, because I feel like even if you're not dealing with nausea related to cancer, maybe even other medications or a lot of our pregnant women that really struggle with nausea. What? tips you usually offer for Mm -hmm. dealing with that there is a difference obviously between nausea and vomiting and if you aren't throwing up that's good i know that you still feel horrible i obviously was just pregnant i know how bad nausea is but the less you eat the worse it's going to be you need to always have something on your stomach keep little snacks on your bedside some crackers and the more that you eat and the more regularly you eat if you're scheduling out your meals your body's going to get more used to it be more prepared sit up after you eat for an hour it's simple gravity then nothing comes up but you know sometimes you just do need medication and a lot of time in the hospital they schedule it every four every six or something like that but i usually recommend if you are taking an anti-emetic take it an hour before you eat Mm -hmm. so it's most helpful while you're eating and it helps people keep food down but you can't completely solve it also really high fatty foods really spicy foods it's gonna make all that worse the nausea what about ginger is ginger your like yeah so it's ginger root specifically that's shown to be helpful so ginger candies and things like that is fine to do but there's really no scientific evidence that it's helpful so having ginger root like shredding it putting it in your water or however you want to do that that's where you're going to get real benefits in terms of nausea okay and then I have to ask this just because I I would say self-proclaimed fast food queen. What is your thought on fast food? <laughs> just in general, I need to know. 
well, there is lots of variety to fast food, which is fine. I eat fast food. I like Jaws canes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh. My, one of my best friends works for. Right. She works for them. Marketing. We're trying to get them to come I, sponsor the show. Well, she works in marketing. <laughs> so Tori's like, so how come we're not yeah. canes sponsored? We're canes. We need canes in our life. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I love canes. So I'll canes occasionally. It's more of just overall balance. Is that the only thing you're eating? Like, why are you eating it? Is it because you're not prepping? You're not thinking in advance? You're all frantic? Or is it truly convenient in that moment and you're getting it because you like it? I think a lot of people will get it just because it's there. But you can almost always add a fruit or a vegetable to the side. That's usually what I recommend is still trying to always have one of those. Even at McDonald's, you can get a little pack of apples. You can get a little side salad and just trying to be a little more well-balanced with it. Okay. But I'm not against it. I like fast food. This is the perfect moment for us because yeah. that's a good point. Well, Tori likes Taco Bell Taco and Bell. McDonald's and, if, and I'm I'm a Chick-fil-A girl. Yeah. Mm. I love I don't like Chick-fil-A. Uh, me uh, either. Thank you. Thank you. Chick-fil-A. I think it's the peanut oil. Even the smell. I'm oh, just like, I can't. Delightful. But actually, I don't. I will die on this hill also that Popeye's is better than Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Popeyes. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had it's it. It's delightful. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's my guilty pleasure uh, one. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we we got to know, though, your social media. Like, where did this start? Let's get into all of your, like, private practice and whatnot. I, during COVID, I was not super happy at the hospital. We were, we were at home. The dietitians were at home. There was one of us that would go in every day just for emergent needs, but most everything we were doing over the phone, which was not great. I didn't like it. The patients didn't answer the phone. You couldn't get any information. You weren't going around. It was just terrible. Everyone who works in healthcare obviously knows how that was. And my boss got super micromanaging mm-hmm. when she'd been so chill and she would make us submit productivity with detailed things. And I was like, I don't have enough work to work eight hours and you're forcing me because I w- we had less people in the hospital because right. no one was getting in car accidents. No one was going in voluntarily. So we had half the patients. I was like, I don't even have all this stuff to do. So it was just stressing me out. Mm. Obviously, we don't really get paid well if people don't know that about dietitians. And I'm sure most people in healthcare feel like they're a little underappreciated financially. So it was just not, it wasn't worth it balancing all those things out. So I kind of always wanted to start private practice. And I'm fortunate enough to be married with a husband who was like, that's fine. You can quit. Do this. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I know aren't able to do that and just up and quit. They have to kind of build their practice. So that was super helpful and fortunate that I was able to do that. And it's really just how I market, but it has become much more than that. I built a little community. I've made friends and I love being a part of that. I have way more speaking opportunities because I am I'm out there and putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really I like doing social media, but there are uh, dark sides yeah. as well, of, of course. course. Yeah. I'm sure y'all know yeah. people just random like yeah. we just hate and we love a block, block delete, block delete. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think at first it's so much harder. And then once you get used to it, you're just like, whatever. She's I, always I been care. a block queen and I would be a like I'm gonna argue back queen. And then now I just block, block, block. I don't even bother replying to things. Just you say one yeah. negative thing, block. I don't need yeah. it in my, my yeah, get out. Zone. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, well, we're very excited. I literally knew I was like, oh, we got to get you on. I l absolutely love everything you're doing. And I just think, I think simplifying this, like I love everything that you're, you're really helping kind of take that stress out. And I think well, I like your style of yeah. not demonizing things yes. and focusing mm -hmm. on the positive things because some people's platforms are built so much around don't do this scare tactic negative. This is bad. And it's so heavy. Yours is yeah. very educational and a non-judgmental way, which I think is yeah. a really good way to actually get information out there. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, where can people everyone not, like, find you? Yeah, we need to know. Actual it, socials. Yeah, at cancer.nutritionist.rd. So you can find me there and then you can really find all my resources from my Instagram. I have a free Facebook community if that's more people's style and it's private. So it really is a lot safer, I guess I would call mm -hmm. it because those people, I'll just kick them out. There's not random comments that you'll read mm -hmm. when I'm not paying attention. And website, I have a course available, free guides, coaching, lots of things. Mm -hmm. You can find all that on my Instagram. Just DM me. I get back to you every single DM. So it is, it's easy Amazing. to do a hold of me. Yeah. And we'll link it in the bio too. So Absolutely. You guys can follow along. Yep. Okay. So we just adore you. I can go on all day. So yeah, I, know. I think like, the things you brought up are all good. good. We've never really gone that deep into nutrition either. So yes. it was really cool and fun to be able to pick your brain on all the buzzwords that we see on social mm -hmm. media. Yep. Yeah. If it if it sounds buzzwordy, it probably, probably is. is a buzzword. <laughs> it's probably a marketing term. It's probably a fake. I'm going to go eat my superfoods now. If it sounds now. cool, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we love this. Well, I feel like someone needs to go through and like brand up all of the produce section, like make it super sexy. You know what I mean? I know. Like sexy lettuce, yeah. you know? Oh my God. Butter <laughs> lettuce is sexy in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I love butter lettuce. <laughs> Whatever it works. Whatever it works. Thank you so much, Tuesday, for coming on today. We absolutely adore you. Everyone needs to go find you, follow. Yeah, you're wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Dude, I learned so much. Mm -hmm. All the myth busting. All the myth busting was so good. Simplifying. I love simplifying. Uh, I, I, just, I do feel like a big weight has kind of been lifted because, I don't know, to me, I really like the evidence-based research behind this and how well-versed and how educated she is on this. And I feel like for me, it gave me a lot of, you know, it's kind of sigh relief and like, we're doing a lot of things right, which it feels really good. I was honestly surprised by some of the answers. Yeah. It was like not what I would have thought. Same. So Same. very informative. And it's cool because we've never gone into nutrition in this way before. Yeah. So. I think this is a great episode for if you know someone who's maybe potentially going through treatment or needs a good resource. Also, I think this is just a good one for anyone just to kind of get a good base again on nutrition and what's out there what are the fads what should we be doing what should we not so and yeah. check out her course you guys she's she's, she's awesome. fabulous absolutely and thank you so much you guys as always for being here with us make sure you're following us on our insta that's at c-e-l-l-f-i-e -E, uh underscore podcast also shout out really quick you guys so we just announced that we are going on another trip next year. Cannot wait. We like, cannot wait. I need something to look forward to in my life. Absolutely. So make sure you go over to the link in our bio. The top link there is the form for you guys to fill out. This is to help, like kind of help us gauge one where you guys want to go, it, um, your actual price range, you know, kind of helps us to gear where we're going to be going and all the planning. 
So make sure you guys fill that out for us because we cannot wait. We need something to look forward to. We can't wait to meet you guys. We're so thrilled. So do the link, share the link Mm -hmm. so we can get it popping and get this plan. I'm so excited. Absolutely. And um, yeah, oh yeah, five stars on Spotify. Love you, mean it. Love and you. And if you it. leave an Apple Podcast review, just drop your IG handle. That way, we can reach out to you and send you free stuff. Absolutely, Who doesn't like free stuff. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori and at Hey Samantha with two A's. And we will see you. I mean, we got lots of like, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Got a good at. stuff coming yeah, up. It's gonna really be a excited. little wild time, but good, good stuff. Yes, absolutely. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.